It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. Okay, here we go. You're saying for the month ahead at Christmas time we cherish hope with love and joy to share and pray for peace to fill the world for people everywhere. My, my God, if ever there were a sentiment that sums up this world of ours at this time, it is that one. That's from my little calendar that I read on the first day of every month. And thanks to Jeremy McCullough and everyone else. I get a few of them in the year, but Jeremy in particular never forgets me and their lovely little sayings. Peace. Peace, peace. That's what we desire in this world of ours at this uh, tough, tough time. Welcome to the show. Well, Louise Walsh, she's smiling from ear to ear because she's running still (laughs) with our two World Cup teams. Argentina went through last night and they were impressive, Louise. They were very impressive, I have to say. So you have Argentina and Holland through. Holland played the USA in the last 16. That'll be a tough game for Holland. The States are good. They're not right. a bad team. Okay. And Argentina? Argentina play Australia. Argentina will beat Australia. Yeah. Argentina will. So Unless there's another surprise. Well, it'd be a huge surprise if Australia won. Yeah, it has been. It mm. has. But uh, anyway, you're Moulton and Brazil and Portugal are through for myself as well. So both oh, of those. Oh, so we're, we're still we, in there. We're still in. We have our death. four teams going still that we picked at the start of the tournament. Isn't that great? And just to mention tonight that all-female team of officials I heard Colin mention on sport there, Stephanie Frappert uh, is taking charge of the game as the referee and she's joined by Nuzabach and Karen Diaz, who are the Lions women, our Lions men. They're joining her this evening, so they are. Uh, so it's a ho- an all-women team that are taking part. So there you go. Yeah, and we even have an Irish influence we at have, the World Cup. We have. We have the Baguette Man, is it? The Baguette Man, yeah. Baguette. Eddie O'Keefe. Oh, Baguette. Je suis une Baguette. He was very good, wasn't he? He was. But if he was really Irish, he should have said Je suis a breakfast roll. I didn't realise, I didn't realise that they were, were so fluent in French down Limerick way. <laughs> I honestly didn't realise it. Anyway, just to let you know, we have your competition again today. A hundred euro to give away for uh, on the My Mead card. And remember, you can use the My Mead card at over 300 outlets across Mead or online too. And it's all about spending local this Christmas time. 086-1800-658 is your WhatsApp or text number. you got to get your answers in now. So here's your question today for the €100 Euro on the My Mead card, Mead card for one of you. Which of these GAA clubs are based in Mead? A club, a GAA club that is based in Mead, is it A, St. Alton's, B, the Geraldines, or C, the Downs? Which of those clubs are based in County Mead? A, St. Alton's, B, the Geraldines, or C, the Downs? Answer to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, and I'll give one of you 100 quid this afternoon. He's in the hot seat. He's made it. Neil Delamere, is the traffic really that bad? Uh, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I usually uh, i am sitting here with bated breath to talk to you every year. We do this tradition. I'm on the way to do the blame game and then I call in and say hello to you. And uh, I love a trivia question. I think I know the answer to that question, by the way. Oh, do you? Yeah, oh. I think so. Don't give it away. I won't give anything away. I'm not sure if it's the right <laughs> answer or not. I have been doing quizzes this year to beat the band, have Sherry. You? I did Celebrity Mastermind the other day. <gasps> oh, yeah. 
I yeah. love Mastermind. Oh, God, yeah. I was sitting in the black chair. It's going to be on the BBC soon. I did the Vikings. That was my... Um, subject. That was my specialist subject. They asked me... So they said to you, what do, what do you want to do? And I said, Red Hugh O'Donnell. The life of Red Hugh O'Donnell. Because I reckon there's no sources on that. I thought, <laughs> there'd be a small book. I'd be grand. <laughs> and they went, mm. And then I was like, oh, will I do the Vikings? And they went, yeah. And then I was against the winner of The Apprentice... And she did uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, the film. The movie. I did 350 years of history, like in Egypt, and she did the film. One movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why didn't I just pick that? Could have picked a short film. Been, you know. Uh, yeah, so I did that back in during the summer, so it'll be out oh, soon. Oh, that's great. Clive Myrie in the, Very in good. the chair. Isn't he great? Very nice Yeah, man, he's just yeah. slotted in there. Lovely. Yeah. You're doing a lot around the BBC because you were on a good read on BBC Radio 4 recently, I was. weren't you? Yeah, yeah. They asked you to pick a book and you come along... And I picked uh, Ronan Hessian, and uh, of course they kept calling him Ronan. And I looked at, I looked how many fathers were on it, so I really gave it loads. I was like Did Ronan <laughs> when it was on the beef. Um, he, his book is uh, Leonard and Hungry Paul. It's a brilliant book as well. So you I, recommend? I highly recommend that. Hi, now, listeners, are you listening? It's not book club for Idy on late lunch. It's Neil Delamere Thursday, and he's recommending a great read there for you for Christmas. Yeah. you were also on the Chase. Yeah, I was on Celebrity Chase the other day. That was great. So Bradley. Uh, oh, he's unbelievable there's a bear you know that I can't tell you too much about it but uh, I can tell you who was on my team I was mm. on Helen Ledra who was in Black Black Adder and Ab Fab and like I mean if you're of a certain vintage of a, I notice a lot of younger comics like when I say younger I mean kind of sub 30 they are um they're influenced by American comedy, but uh, mm. we were kind of more influenced by British comedy yes. uh, and Irish comedy, but a lot of stuff like mm. Black Adder and that sort of stuff. And so she was in that, and I was, it was kind of cool to be on that with her. And Jasmine from A Place in the Sun, you know, the Channel 4 Jasmine series. Harmon. Yeah, Jasmine Harmon. And um, Jamie Borthwick, who's a young lad from EastEnders, and he's been, on for, he's been on that man and boy for 10 or 15 years. Lovely Good team. Fella. Good team, good uh, spread of ages. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I can't say much no. more than that. You know, my favourite bit of the whole thing was as a comic. There's a bit where a light kind of made a noise in a different studio, and Bradley Walsh hit the ground like he'd been shot, like he feigned, <laughs> uh, like he'd been assassinated. And it was really funny. And I was sitting there going, like, he's 61 or two. Anybody falling at any age is going to hurt a little bit and I went he's so committed to the laugh he thinks this is going to be hilarious he hit the deck audience loved him and I was like what a showman he was <laughs> he's brilliant. brilliant he's yeah. brilliant so blankety blank he's taken on as well you is know. he? oh listen just unbelievable he's such, such a star he really is god you're really slumming it with all these big names at the moment but hey get back to the traffic yeah it was brutal. Yeah. Honestly brutal. But yeah. let me tell you. Just near my house, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, we have it near this house as well because yeah. they're messing with traffic lights around here and driving people mad. We don't know <laughs> what's going on. So, you know, come on. It's not just in your neck of the woods either. Anyway, you're here and you're with me. Today. Look at this. Will you be proud of me? I'm always thinking of you. Yeah. See what I kept. All right. See what I kept. Wow. From March of this year, do you? Yeah. Shows you you're always on my mind, you see. That's a little bit worrying, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh, my God. Quick, let's hide it. Let's hide it. Just checking. There's no holes in it. You don't have it up on a dartboard in your garage or anything like that. (laughs) It was a fantastic feature on you in the Sunday Times. uh, And you know what? As you say, we do this each year. Thank God you're back with me because it's been phone with the bloody lockdown and that. Yeah. Uh, But I said, I'm going to keep that because he'll be here and a few things from it oh, go on. I wanted to put to you today I never knew you worked in a window factory <laughs> I did work in a window factory yeah I worked in a window factory for a, co- a summer job in Edenderry and um, Rationale Vindure yeah, ve- that's French. Like the guy, the the Limerick fella doing the baguette on the on the World Cup. Just be in baguette, that dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, every time I see Dermot Bannon on putting windows into <laughs> houses, they're always rationale windows, and they have flashbacks to the summer job. Yeah, I, I'm so bad with my hands in terms of building stuff. I went in there, and they're like, "Can you cut glass? No, well, they wouldn't have you doing that. No, but uh, can you make window frames? No. Can you hammer nails in? No. Uh, I put rubber in windows." <laughs> I put the rubber like for the seals for yeah for three months. Oh. 
bored off my mind. But they were right. Otherwise, they would, the wall would have been killed. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to do, um, I got to do Angela Scanlon's show with Dermot Bannon, actually. You Good did, crack, yeah. recently. So we, men- we mentioned uh, Mastermind and she asked him what his specialist subject would be. And I was like, Lego. It's clearly going to be Lego with him. And he was like, yeah, probably would be Lego. He's mad into the Lego. Is he? Dermot, yeah, yeah. He'd be delighted the new shop has just opened recently in Dublin. Yeah. So I, I said to him that he'd be the only child over budget. And <laughs> he was like... <laughs> He's kind of on board with that. He's good. He's very good character. Oh, sure. Yeah. He is a huge following for that show as well. Hey, I have to say something else. You brought me back in the feature as well. Yeah. Findus Crispy Pancakes. <laughs> do, you, do you want to throw any more at me than that? I've no idea what that means. Did you live on them? Did you love them? Did your mother cook them for you? Because you see, I remember in our oh, house. Oh, When I was a student. Oh, listen. But in our house, my mother, I remember coming home when these only came out. You know, these were new things. Really? And we didn't know really what to do with them. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. why when I saw them, I thought, I have to ask him about the pancakes. Don't mind the French. <laughs> Fitness crispy pancakes with some indeterminate filling in the Very. middle that nobody knows what it is. Yes. It's it's mystery in beef is what it is, I think. <laughs> I got you. There was a moment there, wasn't there, for a few years where we were all bet into them. Yeah. I think it was the last thing, the last bit left in the factory, you know, when they'd done all the, the lovely pies and everything. They just thought, what will we do with, with this slop that's left? Oh, should we put it in a pancake? Yeah. Oh. I just remember being a student. I went to DCU and we, like the level, trying to explain the level of hunger to anybody who is not a young lad who's 20. Who just, you just can't keep them in food. Mm. Me and my friend used to, like, you go down and buy a slice pan and then eat the slice pan between the two of us. Mm-hmm. A couple of bananas and that'd be <laughs> it, you know? That's why I was looking at, um, I've been watching I'm a Celebrity this year. Uh, I, I don't normally watch it, I'll be honest with you. Be gig uh, but the whole, the whole the whole Matt Hancock thing is is very interesting to watch. Um, but the young lad in it who's twenty three and all he is he's, he's just hungry all the time. Yes. He volunteered for Bush Tucker trials because he was so hungry. <laughs> it's never been done before. He's oh, no, uh, give me the camel's testicle. I'm absolutely starving. He had a camel's testicle, and a camel's <laughs> eyeball the other day, and he was delighted with himself. So it's hard to kind of explain that to the, that level of. Yes. <laughs> Minor hurler hungry that you I, get, you know. I love it. It really sums up the appetite for sure. The Toyota Corolla, nineteen ninety-eight. Your best investment ever, really? Is that what? It, yeah, well, you said that in that piece yeah. there. What's your best investment ever? Yeah, but also you got to remember what, like, if that was the real between you and me, and Jerry. Like, like somebody said to you, "What's your best investment ever?" You're going to say something that makes you sound like a relatively normal human being. What are you going to say? Well, I bought a Fabergé egg in 1997, like, which I didn't. Uh, though that Corolla got me up and down the country for however many years. Yes. The first car I bought, I bought it with the money I earned from the panel. Ah, and on was, RTE. On RTE. It was the yes. first telly I ever got. And um, the car was about four four grand three grand or something like that mm. and it got me to every single gig and it got me up and down the motorway to Belfast to do the blame game and very fond of that car I had to change the wiper blades on it and that was it <laughs> those Toyota they ah oh, no but listen they'd go forever go our for Louise yeah. our Louise she's behind you there my producer her Yaris give her a wave yeah uh, she had a Yaris for years and years and she cried tears in yeah. here the day she said goodbye to it yeah. she really did nah they're just what is it about things. Toyota it's something I don't know are you looking for a new show sponsor <laughs> oh gee I shouldn't even be saying that Blackstone Motors Renault sponsor us <laughs> I'm in trouble now Toyotas are very good but Renaults are even oh, better my God. you're going to have Papa oh, and Nicole listen, on next week listen, listen. Uh, uh, Renaults oh, oh listen ooh la la magnifique je suis <laughs> une baguette <laughs> I'm, trying but, to get, I'm trying to get out of a bloody une Renault talk about I've been in a few holes this week on the show and there's another one Neil Delamere arrived at last on late lunch <laughs> look at the big snippy head in you <laughs> my apologies again you're alright you're alright I'm only having a crack just looking at your schedule now from now like really you're touring now with the new uh, show yeah. uh, Delamerium yeah. I love it Delamerium there's, there's something about that isn't there I wanted to call it Delamerium Tremens <laughs> and uh, I found out loads of people don't know what that is Christy Moore yeah but the, you know it's a general yeah. Yeah, kind of yeah, condition yeah, 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 yeah. Delamerium is, is is sufficient to hopefully explain the, you know the sense of delirium that you'll be left in after <laughs> such a magnificent show he says <laughs> reading from his own press release <laughs> in his mind yeah. you have it off to a tee but I see you're, you're starting in January and you're running through to yeah. May you're doing Dublin London Belfast and Glasgow but a rake of shows around the country and in our neck of the woods you're in the Hotel Kilmore and Cavan on the 13th of January the 19th the Spirit Store in Dundalk 21st Crescent Concert Hall in Drogheda March 2nd Venue Theatre at Tolt 
the 4th of March the Salsas in Navin and the 14th of April it's the Inthus Theatre beautiful in Blaney by God you're covering the North East well boy yeah absolutely and the first spirit store is gone so we've added in a second have one have you yeah yeah um, oh, it's, it's listen I love love touring I, mm. there's nothing like not being able to do it for a couple of years to whet your appetite again and uh, all those venues are absolute cracking venues I have to say they're great what about the World Cup myself and Louise Argentina, pick two please. teams each is it is oh that for you? I'd love to see Argentina win it yeah Louise is Argentina and Holland, I picked Brazil and Portugal. I'd like to see Argentina win it because I think Messi is the best footballer I've ever seen, and yeah. uh, I think it would crown his World Cup. Actually, a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago, we we had a guy on on our podcast talking about how how, and this is so specific to our podcast, how um, selective cattle breeding gave us Messi, basically in Argentina in the nineteenth century. <laughs> Jonathan Wilson from the Guardian Football Weekly basically <laughs> said uh, it, it's quite complicated but if you introduce barbed wire then the gaucho culture you know the Argentinian yes. uh, cowboy culture was curtailed And but when they were looking at forming a kind of a national Argentinian identity in, in the early n- 1900s yeah. they went what is an Argentinian and they kind of associated with the gaucho culture and a pibe which is that kind of street urchin footballer mm. is the urban equivalent of a Gaucho, oh. and that's why we get Maradona. That's why that sort of football is rewarded. This sort of cute, clever, not naive, it's almost cynical, but well able to look after themselves. Culture of football um, came about in um, in Argentina. What a theory! What, what a, a theory, theory yeah. that is. Yeah. I watched him last night, and you know he's he's moved on in age, but he still has those bursts where he's absolutely lethal, and he was at the heart of everything again yeah. last night. And they're looking more impressive. That first loss might actually just shake them up. Yeah. Uh, I think Brazil have a great squad, but whether they can win it, Brazil-Argentina final, can that happen? I don't know. I think I, they I, meet air before that. Oh, do they? they do meet, yeah. Oh, my, oh, my, my, oh, my. I'm surprised you're not going and saying that football's coming <laughs> home. It's coming home, Neil. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it really? Now you need to be careful here because <laughs> there's a lot of your business in the UK. I know. The, I mean, I do think... So I do a show called The Fight, Fighting Talk on, on Five Live. Yes. And there's one thing that English football fans will accept. They will accept forever that Irish football fans, Scottish football fans and Welsh football fans support their own teams, possibly to the detriment of England. I mean, they're very well used to it. And I know it's part of their kind of yes. banter. Yeah. Um, so if we have any Senegalese uh, listeners listening in, the best of luck on Sunday. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say to you, lads. <laughs> This podcast is going to Senegal bon after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about podcasts, yeah. uh, why would you tell me that yourself and Dave Moore are working together and have been for quite some time? You did a live one recently. We did a live one, yeah. So the idea of the podcast is me and Dave talk to each other not like normal human beings. When we converse, it's like, here, did you know who won Ireland's first gold medal at the our first Olympic medal after the Irish Free State was founded? You know, weird stuff like this, uh, which is on the next podcast. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, so we said, let's do a podcast where we talk to each other about stuff we've kind of researched. But then in the second half, we get a proper genuine expert on, for mm. example. Um, so we did have Jonathan Wilson. We did a live one recently where we talked about the hunger hormone ghrelin, why you get hungry. So we had Dr. Lara Dungan, who's an immunologist and a doctor. You know, she presents EcoEye. Yes. She was on it. Next week, we have Susie Dent from Countdown, from Dictionary Core. Go way out of that. Yeah, I did Countdown this year. She was absolutely lovely. I said, will you do our podcast? She said, yes. Yes, so she describes various bits and pieces. I threw uh, balubas in. You know, people go, "God, that is balubas." Yes, and you know the origin of that is when we were in, uh, in on UN peacekeeping duty in the siege of Jadaville around that time, and they were one of the protagonists. And Where? because they got such negative press in the Irish media, that mm. became part of yeah, the Irish vernacular. Yeah. So Susie Dent was brilliant. She we recorded the other day. She explains where the word dunce comes from. She explains in cahoots. She explains off the hook. She explains why we say wishy-washy rather than, and zigzag rather than zag-zig and washy-wishy <laughs> because there's certain patterns in English. So that's our next podcast. So that's, that's what we do. We try and get an expert. We had a guy in a while ago to explain why the map on your, your world chart on your wall at school was wrong. It was wrong. Yeah, see, a guy who came up with this was called Mercator, who was in the 16th century. He developed a map where you would stay on the same compass bearing. Mm. But actually what happens is it, it, there are certain there are, there's always a problem when you get a 3D globe and you put it onto a 2D map. Mm. Now, he was well aware of this. 
was a brilliant navigational tool, but it does mean that certain countries further away from the equator are stretched. So you, you used to look at a map when you were a kid and you'd say Greenland is the same size as Africa. It's not. It's nowhere near it. Um, <laughs> yes. But he was on. So kind of weirdly niche It's brilliant stuff. It is. I'm so jealous you have Susie then because Countdown is my favourite show. Oh I'd my have to say I've watched it nearly since it began. Now yeah. I have to say Anne Robinson wasn't my cup of tea and I drifted from it. I just think she didn't suit it at all. Who's in the chair now? Is Colin, well, Colin I back. was back. Well, I was. I've done two weeks now with Colin Murray and Colin Murray loves it and that comes across and listeners love him too. He's brilliant and we love you, Neil Delamere. <laughs> Coming to the northeast, all those venues. Tickets available where? From uh, you? look at my website. Yeah. Yes, uh, Neil, Neil Delamere. Dot com. See you again. I'll see you next year. And be on time. I no will. traffic excuses. I'll be five minutes early next time. <laughs> Love it when you call. Neil Delamere, thanks for joining me again on Late Lunch. Thanks, Sherry. I think it's fair to say that going to the dentist uh, is not like it was years ago when I was a child, for cer- certainly, and when I went for the first time. It has changed so much. But yet there are still people who are nervous to go to the dentist and really avoid going, which is not a good idea. Well, my next guest, you're going to enjoy him. He's known as the calming dentist and he practices in Boyne Dental in Navin. Dr. Niall Neeson, welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me today. Where did you get the name The Calming Dentist from or how does that come about? The name The Calming Dentist, I I came up with this idea of setting up a profile on social media for people to be able to access, I suppose, information and um, support for people who don't like coming to the dentist. I, I suppose... The tendency for people who feel nervous is to actually avoid going altogether. Mm. So if we're waiting for them to come in the door, we might never see them at all. Mm. So let's just give an outlet for people to access those, those messages. And when we were coming up with a name for it, uh, I suppose I've had a lot of feedback over the years where people um, would tell me that, oh, you made me feel very calm in the chair. Um, and we thought, look, it sends out the message of what we're, we're wanting to, to achieve with mm. this. And you have a big following on Instagram in particular. People love you and they obviously have been touched by what you are and what you do. And congratulations, because you picked up an award recently for being who you are. Yeah, thanks a million. Yeah, I've picked up uh, uh, the, the Colgate Care and Dentist Award for, for Leinster there um, uh, a, a couple of weekends ago in, mm. in Dublin. Um, yeah, it's a, and it's a f- fantastic event, actually. It really celebrates dentists who've gone above and beyond for, for their patients. So it's a really positive, positive mm. evening. It was lovely to, to take away an award, especially when it was nominated by one of our patients, yes. Lara. Yeah. I take it all the smiles are glistening. The awards <laughs> with the greatest smiles that's held in Ireland every year. It has to be, Niall. Come on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we, we do our best when there's a big occasion like that coming up, certainly. <laughs> now, and, now I, I want to refer to um, a young woman who gave you, you know, a, a tremendous recommendation. What's her name? She, she hadn't been to the dentist from she was a child. She's now 26 and she was in pain, real pain and difficulty and was still putting it off until you came to the rescue. Who is that girl? So this is a, a girl called Lara um, and she came to see us earlier in the year. Mm. She was absolutely terrified, um, to, to be honest. As, as you say, she'd been in pain for a month, constantly in pain, living in pain for a month. And that's how strong her fears and her phobia was, that she still wasn't, didn't feel ready for going to see the dentist. Yes. Um, so she contacted me actually through Instagram, just through a DM on Instagram. And she actually wrote at the time, I remember her writing that she was shaking and crying, even writing the message. You know, it's in a place when she's at home and the safety of her own home. So even the thought of communicating with the dentist just brought that intense fear on, you know, and that that's how strong these these fears can be for some people. And even when she arrived, you had to work your magic to reassure her, calm her down, eventually get her into the chair. And you did. Ultimately, you were able to help her. Yeah, yeah, we were, thankfully. And uh, I mean, my heart went out to her that day she came in. Uh, she was really upset, emotional. Um, she was shaken and she actually 
took herself to the toilet and locked herself in the toilet for a period. That bad? Just, yeah, and I suppose it's just when we're, when that fear response, that sort of threat response kicks in, we get those fight or flight feelings. And that was her just responding to, to that, just trying to get out of the situation to a place of, of safety. Mm. Um, so, yeah, what we had to do, I, I sat down with her uh, at, just at, at a desk down in the reception area and we just chatted for 15 minutes um, just to reassure her that, look, you're completely safe here. Mm. Um, there are lots of things we can do to help and we'll take it at, at a pace that, that works for you to just try to settle that, that fight or flight response and allow her to see that there's no need to be ashamed or embarrassed about the fear because mm. that can be a huge weight for yes. r- r- around people. Where does that come from? Because I have to say, I had a, a, a desperate experience when I was in primary school myself attending the what you'd call the NHS in the in in England or you know the the health service mm-hmm. here went in and I had a terrible extraction now it, it it happened in the end but it left me with a fear and actually it was years and years later before I had another extraction which was just so totally different is that can that un- be one of the reasons that underpins the fear? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the most common factor that yeah. we hear is a bad experience when, when you're younger, particularly when it's a child. Because yeah. I suppose if you think about it as a child, we're just figuring out the world, aren't we? So if, if you have a, a traumatic experience where you were made to feel pain or you were even made to feel humiliated or, mm. or, or scolded, um, then automatically, you know, your brain will think, well, I did not enjoy it. I'm not going to go back there and hurt. Yes. And then you fall into this pattern uh, that 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 we see where the anxiety then about going leads to avoidance. The mm. avoidance means the teeth will inevitably deteriorate, mm. and then that's what brings on these emotions of shame and guilt and embarrassment that can be so strong. And that just accentuates the whole thing. People are even more anxious, so they avoid it even longer, and it just spirals and spirals. Yes. And you know, you, you'll hear stories. People tell their story. I'm sure people hear stories well they mightn't have had a bad experience themselves I'm sure you've heard this yeah. uh, yourself uh, and then that puts them off too yeah massively and that was actually the case with Lara so yes. Lara had, had, hadn't been since the school dentist mm. in the third class um, so she hadn't been since she was eight or nine but had never it had never been part of her growing up that, that process of going to the dentist so as you say, from whether it's friends or whether it's from seeing things on the TV um, where the seed is planted that the dentist is a scary place yeah. or I'll be in pain, um, started that, that process of her feeling anxious and then she, she fell into that cycle of avoiding it and the teeth deteriorating and, and uh, that, that's how she ended up. So often it's actually the fear of the unknown. Mm. Um, so not knowing, oh, what's he going to tell me or what's he going to do? And I suppose when we're in that, anxious state uh, we often catastrophize a bit of oh jeepers you know my teeth are going to be a shambles I'm going to need all this it's going mm. to cost a fortune so people just sweep it under the under the rug yeah. and, and play on it's the worst thing to do because you're only building up the problem and it's going to get worse and you're going to have to go at some stage yeah. when you walk in you know and th- th- there's a smell of a dental practice you know it's clean it's very clean and you yeah. know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. and it has to be and all that goes along with it then you might be out in reception and you might just hear in through all you hear the drill going and things like that all those little things yeah it can all can all factor into it Jerry mm. and, and that's you know, there's some of the things that we try to, to target in, in Point Dental. I'm obviously very conscious of people with dental anxiety, dental mm. phobia. Um, and I'm very conscious that when we've had these bad experiences, something like a smell or the sound can be enough to trigger that, that threat response. So um, we, you know, there are things we can do. So we have uh, essential oil diffusers. So that helps take away that smell of the dentist that, that um, people will often refer to. And, mm. um, you know, we're, we try to set the tone, playing relaxing music. And we're fortunate with Point Dental that, that visually it doesn't look or feel like a, a typical dental practice it's airy it's bright and and it's it's nice when people come in and say oh it doesn't feel like I'm at the dentist mm. you know that, that that's lovely that's the hear. biggest compliment that <laughs> yeah. you can be paid come back to children because you've mentioned children and 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 the case uh, there of that young woman who you were able to help um what do you say today to parents how soon should you take a child to the dentist to get them used to it Believe it or not, and a lot of people will often uh, meet this with with a giggle. But believe it or not, it's the, the official advice is to for a child to see a dentist before their first birthday. 
Um, now you might think what sort of cooperation you're going to get from from somebody mm. who's not even won yet. Um, but uh, a big part of that is actually just that it can become part of the normal process. This is what we do. There's there, allow them to see that it's it's a, a perfectly normal thing. Mm. So that way they're in the pattern of going, they know the dentist, they know the environment and they don't have any association with it being a negative or being uncomfortable. Whereas if you wait until the child has a toothache, yes. if, if they're nine or ten, if you have to go in and go straight into doing treatment or removing mm. a tooth, then it's going to be hard to get them back again. Yes. You know? Whereas if they've built that relationship, that, that confidence in, in common, it's much easier to get that cooperation. There you are, that folks. Trust. There you are. Before the for- first birthday, is a good idea to take them to your dentist and, and keep it regular then from then on to, to help them. Anxiety and the, the phobia. The phobia, I'd say, is extreme. But anxiety, is anxi- anxiety common? Yeah, so almost half the population would would have a fear of a dental visit, believe it or not. So it's still really, really common. As you say, dentistry's come on so much. There's so mm. much we can do to make the, the, the process um, more smooth and more comfortable for people. Uh, but yeah, yeah, more than 40% of the population are, are still, still That's fearful. That's a very yeah. high figure. Yeah, it's a big deal for, for a lot of people. Mm. A lot of people, it's, it's a factor. And um, some people will openly talk about it, but others will... will be you know keeping it quiet as well so does it start with the contact as you say you have the contact if somebody's listening to us today and they have that they're afraid they have the anxiety mm-hmm. what do you say to them how should they approach it and and what will you do to alleviate that anxiety well firstly what it says do your research and um, so you know have have a look and, and if uh, going to the dentist is a big deal for you it's worth putting the time and attention into finding a place that's the right fit for you um, for people who feel highly anxious about it often the thought of picking up the phone and talking to somebody about it is overwhelming so dropping an email or sending a, a DM as, as Lara did over Instagram can be a, an easier way of, of initiating the process mm. and two of the most difficult steps are initiating the process with that and secondly um, actually getting in the door you know so a a lot of what we do is targeting uh, you know opening the the door for for people and uh, allowing them to get the message that you're not going to be judged everything's going to be okay there are lots we can do to help and if we can do that before they get in the door much better chance of them Mm. coming attending and building that trust and confidence from there and it has to be said Pain is not an issue today. Pain relief is you won't feel anything. This is the the, the uh, norm now. No, no pain. People are f- fearful of pain. The needle, but you get the little tip first with the. the I, I know what I'm talking about because yeah, I've been there yeah. recently because it exactly. numbs your gum before you actually put a needle near the gum. Exactly, we put a bit of gel on yes. the gum that numbs the surface and makes the whole process of of the numbing more comfortable. And there are other things we can do to help as well. I've, I've uh, computerized delivery of the, of the solution called the wand actually which has been designed to make it as as comfortable as, as we can possibly make it and um, it works in incredibly well too um, as, you, as you say these days dental treatment should always be fully numbed it should always Painless. be comfortable yeah so you yes. should never feel like you have to endure pain at the dentist it's always possible to get things get things numbed up you know mm. um, I, I suppose Fears aren't always though as as rational as that. So people with those higher levels of anxiety will tell you, "Look, I know it's going to be numbed, but just the the thought of it's just still yes. too powerful." Mm. So things like dental sedation can be can be helpful to you know make that process easier yeah. for for getting things healthy mm. and in a more efficient and comfortable manner for some people. In a general sense, the nation's health when it comes to teeth and mouth. Where would you say it's at from you started practising? Is it getting better? Because I know in my day, sure, look at what I have in here now. There's more mercury than anything else. Um, but you know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't in particular, a generation, look after our teeth. Um, is it better? Is it way better today? Or would you have concerns? Um, I suppose, Jerry, it very much varies uh, uh, person to person and, and throughout the population. So we'd see a lot of people in Boynt Dental here in a, a fantastic habit of, of coming for those regular cleans, those regular checks. And for people who are anxious, 
although that might sound daunting, it's such a helpful process because mm. it allows you to nip things in the bud, catch things early, um, and any intervention is simpler, more comfortable. Um, but equally, there are a lot of people out there who won't have been to the dentist for 10, 20 years or, or, or more. Um, but in general, I think the messages are out there more so these days, and there is a bit more of a habit in society of people going mm. regularly and seeing it as part of their, their, uh, their self-care. What about going abroad? I had to ask you this one before we finished up. You know, we we hear, you know, there are cheaper options abroad, etc., etc. Have you seen, you know, cases come back that you guys have had to pick up, you know, the pieces, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. And to be fair, our view on it is, is probably a bit biased because we see the things that come back with with trouble and, and uh, things can can be a bit of a mess sometimes, to be honest. Um, and it's, it's tough for people, your heart goes out to them because, um, you know, they've been often sort of sold this story that, oh, you do this, that'll be them mm. sorted. And um, without a full understanding or explanation of the risks or the longer term consequences to to that sort of destructive dentistry um, obviously so yeah again if anybody's considering it very much do your research and weigh up the pros and cons of your different options yeah good advice there Boyne Dental this man is uh, based at in Navin Dr Niall Neeson I have to say before you finish I know why you're known as the calming dentist because your voice alone would reassure me <laughs> That's good to hear. That's good. To hear. <laughs> May I say that? And that's the first thing you hear. The voice is the first thing you hear. And you got it, Dr. Nile. I have to say, thank you for joining us today. Congratulations on your award and all the advice you've given us. I'm sure you've helped many people on Late Lunch this afternoon. Thank you. My pleasure, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Peace on earth. David Bowie and Bing Crosby. <laughs> They'll kill me. I shouldn't have said anything. I've ruined the end of the Blinken song. Sorry about that. Sorry, Bing. Sorry, David. Apologies for that. Anyway, if you want to hear more Christmas songs, remember that LMFM Christmas is back. Our exclusive online festive station brought to you by White River Motorsports Park in Cullen, County Loud. Experience the brilliant European Standard Karting Track. Gift vouchers available. Just log on to whiteriver.ie. Hear all your favourite Christmas hits non-stop whenever you want. Uh, the LMFM Christmas station is on air now. LMFM.ie or the LMFM app and it's exclusively online from LMFM Radio. It's Christmas today, Louise, really. Isn't today really the start of Christmas? The 1st of December. Yeah. Wouldn't you love... it? all fuzzy listening to the yeah. radio with all the Christmas songs. <laughs> Wouldn't you just love if there was a law that said... Nothing about Christmas until the 1st of December. No. What? No. Why? I think men would love that, or most men. I think an awful lot of people mm. would love it. My husband has banned me from talking about Christmas until at least the 1st of September. <laughs> 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 but Louise, it's it's nonsense really, because what's going to happen as well, when this season passes, you know this as well, mm. you'll go up to the local stores on the 2nd of January and what'll be there? Easter eggs everywhere. You know, and Easter is it... St. Bridget's crosses now. Yes. Well, that'll be a a new bank holiday next Mm. year for sure. But I'm saying on a commercial sense, you know, there's a push for Easter then straight away. When did Christmas start? When was stuff in the shops for Christmas this year? It was in it before... Oh, day after Halloween, at least. I can tell you. Before that? I can... It was in the shops before Halloween. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and... I don't know. It's like the seasons. The seasons all are all been mixed now. They and merge. So are the, they merge. So one are all into the holidays. The yeah, and, and but I, I would love it if it was in its time. That, but you can't do it. It's impossible. It's gone. That horse has bolted. I think down all the, the others should be in its time, but Christmas should be every time, all year. Mm, well, not all year, but at least six months of it. Six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? What's in, what's in that cup that's in that you're drinking in there <laughs> today? Enough. Did somebody did somebody stick something into that cup for the first December? There is though. I said this before. There is an all year Christmas shop in St Andrews in Scotland, the town of St Andrews, where the famous golf course is. There's a wee shop there, and I've been to it. And about everybody goes round smiling. Well, all the time. It's, there's always people in it. June, July, if you're over there, and it's the Christmas. As shop. you say, what is it? You say first of May, Christmas Day. Yes. So 
Hence, first of May should be start of Christmas season. Will you stop out of that? You have lost the plot. I don't know what's wrong with you today. There's something, there's something queer up on her today for sure. Oh, don't start that. No, first December. First December is time nope. enough. Plenty of time. What do you think, folks? Is it too early? Is it too early? Would you agree with... Li- oh, come on. You couldn't agree with Louise. The first of May. Will you give us a break out of that? No. You've loads of time to get everything organised. You know, from now on in, how many times are you going to hear? So, you all set for Christmas. Mm. How many? Loads of times. It's a, it's like the weather. If it started for me, like you go, yeah. All Actually, set. you changed since you joined us here in LMFM. You told us that you used to buy your Christmas presents I just did? after Christmas for the following year. Yeah. You've stopped that. Oh, absolutely. Thank God. God, yeah, I was God. left with loads. Oh, listen, at least, at least there's some change there. Anyway, 1st of December. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. <laughs> Up next on the show, I'm looking forward to meeting him. He's a brilliant uh, author and he has a brand new book out. He writes for children and young adults. Rod Smith is in the house next. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. You know the saying? Well, I think that is exemplified by my next guest. He's a brilliant author. Children and young adults love him. And his new book is just out. It's called World War II, The Rise and Fall of Adolf Hitler. Rod Smith, welcome to Late Lunch. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Great to be here. It's great to have you with us. It is true. You were years at this game, weren't you? Trying and trying until a lady called Paula... Paula, my, my, my angel, yes, literally a chance conversation outside of school talking about children and books and video games and sports turned into the first book, Get Out and Play GEA, and now 13, 14 books later, here we are still at it. I can't believe, I have to pinch myself sometimes. <laughs> it's great. Uh, well done to Poolbeg and Paula. You're great. And Rod acknowledges you every time and rightly so because you gave him his break. Well done to yourself because you work in IT. I do, I do know that. And you've recently graduated with a master's in creative writing from the Open University. I did. I thought as I'm writing all of these books, maybe I'll go back and have a look at the experts and see how do the experts say it should be done. I don't always agree with them, Jerry, but it's good to know have that in in the back of your head just in case you're a bit stuck. Other people do it the other way, Rob. Yes. You know what I mean? They do the degree first and then they go. So you did it, you know I what I mean, in reverse. Backwards. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's tough to get published as you know yourself. So oh, I thought very. I'm published now. I'll go very. off now and get the degree and mm. it was great. The, uh, the Open University was great because I would work during the day and I could do that part time in the evenings. Now, this book is the third in this series uh, isn't it, Be, uh, it is am I right age. there and it, it's it's a couple of children and their friends that can time travel backwards that's it, that's it. and funnily enough it, the, the tale starts actually in Drogheda the very first one where they meet Cromwell yes and it's all set in Drogheda and then they progress then onto World War One and World War Two, and they have time travel adventures with themselves and their friends and a magical horse called Ferdia who always gets a bit of tight scrapes and Rod, this way of telling stories and of taking children back in time, it's a very interesting concept. Where did you come up with this? Well, the challenge was I wanted to, myself and Paula, we would have a look. We would go to schools, we would talk to children and we would talk about the history curriculum. And children said, there's no real books out there for us to have a look at and to give us information that we would read. The, the books that are there at the moment, it's all dates, it's all statistics, it's all quite boring. I'd love to have a book out there that I could read that would be a bit of an adventure. So the, the idea then was, OK, let's take some major occurrences in history and write an adventure around it. So these would be regarded as creative non-fiction books. You take a real life event such mm. as Hitler yeah. and then you wrap around it then a, a fictional story but all of the facts in it actually happen so it's a very well researched book all of the books have a lot of research and that that's what takes a lot of the time to put it together Yeah, Liam and Aoife are the main characters They are indeed And you know for children history <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong history was sort of interesting but not the most you know groundbreaking topic at school was that in your thinking too to try and you know make history more relevant to young people absolutely I think we all get bogged down in facts and figures and numbers and we lose sight of the personalities and when you look at maybe the world today and certain leaders in certain positions you wonder how do these people who maybe aren't the nicest people in the world some of these people in some countries how do they get to this position so then when you look back in history at someone like Hitler the question would be how did someone like Hitler 
become in control of such a large country, mm. drive that country to a war which resulted in over 50 to 80 million dying people. How did he bring a nation with him? And that was really the challenge then for writing about Hitler and to write it in a way where younger people would understand without glossing over the facts that it was a brutal and a very, very harsh time as well for a lot of people. Mm. I had Tom Riley on on Monday about Cromwell. Yes, my old buddy. <laughs> I take it you have a different slant on Cromwell, do you? Or we, ha- we, we see eye to eye on a number of topics. And again, and I've had discussions with historians about Cromwell where basically I, I would be in touch with some p- historical professors f- from the UK. And one of them famously said Cromwell was 50% snake and 50% saint. So a lot of the things we hear about Cromwell are he deserves them. But uh, however, on the other hand, he wasn't as necessarily as bad as we painted him out to be. This was something that came up later in Irish history during the Cultural Revolution, mm. where we wanted to, to paint him as a bad guy. In in his favour, if if he was outside a city and he said, surrender and all will be well, he kept to his word. And if he said surrender and all will not, don't surrender and all will not be well, he kept to his word. He went in and slaughtered everyone. Whereas the Irish would go in and do the opposite. No matter what you did, they'd go in and kill everybody and rob everything anyway. Mm. So we had a certain code. Oh, I'm getting a synergy. To. I'm getting a synergy with yourself and Tom. I really am. Tom, yes. Tom uh, Tom actually was a. Ama- I actually mentioned Tom in the Cromwell book because I did have a look at his books. And it's funny, a lot of uh, some of the historians in the UK would be aware of Tom's work mm. and wouldn't necessarily be in agreement with him. But there is some there are some elements there, I think, that we need to keep an open mind about Cromwell. Thank you. That's interesting. Just a link with a chat I had with him earlier in the week. But look, besides this series of books, I want to tell everybody, I have every one of your books here. I have the full collection. Every single one of them. And look, when you look back at them there, Charles Stuart Parnell, Eamon de Valera, and then, of course, your sports work, where it began. That was the start of it. And that all really went back to younger children playing video games. And that was the initial chat with Paula. Mm. Oh, young people are in. We can't get them off their phone, off the laptop, off the iPad. Wouldn't it be great if we get get them out playing sports? And at the time I said, well, I think I could put a story together about a young boy mm. who plays sports all the time. And that out of that grew Get Out and Play GAA. And that evolved then into Get Out and Play Football and Get Out and Play Rugby, where it's a young chap plays video games all the time and his granddad comes along and brings him outside and says, listen, look at the world of sport out there. Look at the friends you can make. Look at the adventures you can have. And the granddad turns out to be a wizard as well, which is not a bad thing. Again, you have to, and uh, that, that keeps things cracking up as well. And there's a story in the background Yes, woven into the sports as mm. well. And how many is it now? How many books have you from the? First I have one? in total fourteen, so twelve English and two Irish. Congratulations so to you! It's great. a lovely haul, and they're so popular. I know. I remember being with you pre-pandemic. Yes, you remember that day do down indeed. in Waterstones right. in Scotch Hall with Margaret Madden and the children. You had them in the palm of your hand. Oh, they were great, that weren't time. they? Yes, but they, they love, they love what you write and how you write as well. For, for you, I mentioned this was a while coming and uh, thank God it did happen ultimately. But you were always a reader from a childhood, weren't you? I, I remember reading an article about you that your dad passed very suddenly when you were young, didn't he? He did. So my dad passed in 76 and left eight children behind. And I would have been about seven at the time. The young, We had eight children and the youngest was only three weeks old at the time. Oh, my word. So my mum then had to go out and work. And we literally had to run the household while my mum had to go out and work. So it was it really turned the whole family upside down, as you can imagine. And there was no counselling or assistance then. You just had to get up and get on with it. And so you had eight children from the ages of 16 to three weeks. So I suppose even when you look back now, you think if that happened now to, to somebody, you would have all of this assistance in mm. place. That just wasn't there at the time. My, oh my. But books were your saviour in a way. Were, Isn't that yes. right? Because absolutely. reading and immersing yourself in them became a big part of you. I was, absolutely. And I'm, very, I'm, in reality, a very shy, private person. And so that's why interviews like this can always be a bit of a challenge. But you're, <laughs> you're, a, nice fella, you're a nice fella, Jerry. Oh, you're so not too bad yourself okay. either, Ron, I have Much. to say. <laughs> so the books kept me going. I would read books from morning to night and we would always have books at home. I would go to the library and take out a rake of books and bring them in. And that kept me going. And for years and years, and my advice to younger people who are always interested in writing is get out there and read books, read any books you want, see what other people are doing, see what style you like, what you don't like and see other bits and bobs that maybe you think, well, I could do better and I could write something like that. And that's always been the challenge. I went to Phil Coulter's 80th 
birthday on Sunday night. I'm, I'm not 80 myself, but um, <laughs> he gave a great tip as well. He said the advice he always gives to young artists and musicians is perseverance. Persevere. Keep at it. And for younger people, keep reading the books. And if you're interested in writing, keep writing. Keep putting stuff together because you never know. Somebody will come along and go, I like that. Let's get it published. Let's get it out there. Fantastic advice. Now, you, as I said, began with sport and you're actually now, is this true? Are you a whistler now? I'm a whistler. I became qualified as a school children referee last year. So I've refereed about 15 matches so far in North County Dublin and my eyes have been opened. I spent a couple of years coaching when my sons were younger. Now on the other side, it can be a huge challenge and I can see the challenge that referees have uh, on the pitch, mainly from coaches, it has to be said, rather than parents. Um, Most of the parents who are there to support the kids are normally pretty okay. It's actually the coaches can be the challenge. And there are times when you have to go over and and literally say, listen, the kids are here to enjoy themselves, to play a bit of ball, let them get on with it. And I'll do my job here. I'll be neutral. I'll be impartial. You mightn't agree with everything I do and everything I say, but I know the rules better than you do. <laughs> so my word is final. And, uh, and again, some managers have a problem accepting that as well. Mm. Uh, but in fairness, the majority of them are fine. There's still a percentage who think they're playing Champions League football, as opposed to th- their kids just want to go out and kick a ball around the pitches. So when you think about it, go to any parks, any football pitches, and you'll see the number of children just playing football. Mm. If there's no referee, there's no match. Yeah. And that, uh, that's, that's the bottom, bottom line, yeah. and, and that's the reality for people. But, you know, you see a different angle, and it's soccer refereeing, your soccer, soccer refereeing. Referee and, you know, should we see what's going on at the moment with the referees in the vicinity of where you live and, and operate as well? And if there are no refs, there will be no matches. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Um, you don't have the benefit of VAR or anything like that. Unfortunately <laughs> not, no. Probably just as well. Even the VAR can be very counter. I think if you saw the, some of the, the penalty Argentina got last night was very suspect. As a... As a as a junior referee soft myself, one, wasn't it? It was, it was a soft, a soft one, one yes. Rod. You know what I mean? It really, they, he barely brushed Messi. And I think justice was done because the penalty Indeed. was saved. Indeed. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But it is. It's not easy refereeing. And, and I think people need to understand that as well. But coming back to the books and the writing, do you have something else now? You know, this is just published, the new book, and I'll mention it again. It's a, a fantastic, fantastic book. But have you something else on the horizon now? So I'm talking to my publisher now at the moment and we're considering a couple of topics uh, again. So the plan is we're looking at either World War II and the atomic bomb is always a big top topic as well. How could how could somebody drop an atomic bomb twice on a nation of people? And we're looking at a few other Irish topics. And we're actually asking young people for their opinion. What would they like to see? Mm. And do we keep the characters? It was a trilogy, but maybe we'll have a four part trilogy. We'll break the rules again. <laughs> Why not? We might continue the characters um, if, if people like them. But maybe it's World War Two, the land question, the Normans, the Celts, the Greeks. It'll be something along, something that, along that those lines. Well, the latest one is available and all Rod's books. World War Two, The Rise and Fall of Adolf Hitler by Rod Smith is in all shops. Amazon as well. Amazon as well and Kindle, absolutely. And don't forget to have your... Not everyone has money to buy books. Go to the library. You get it for free. Just make sure you give it back when you're finished. You're such a nice fella to say that. You really, really are. Thank you for joining me on the show. I have his full collection of books. I want to give them to one person out there today. One person. All of Rod's books. For children, what, about 10, 12 years of age? I would say anywhere between 9 to 13. There you are. 9 to 13 if you have them. The full collection of Rod Smith's books. Would you like them on late lunch today? Well, I will give them to you because uh, I have a little question for you. Um, Let's go with this one. Uh, In what year did... World War Two end. To go with the new book, in what year did World War Two end? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Rod, thanks for joining me. Thanks a million, Jerry. That song just lifts my heart every time I hear it. 
Of course it is, Miss Kylie Minogue, and Christmas isn't Christmas till you get here. It's just simply a brilliant, brilliant Christmas song, and uh, put a smile in your face. It does on mine. Anyway, Jerry says, a listener, you would never survive in my house. I start Christmas shopping in May or June. The reason being, no mad queuing or trying to get parked. I'm laughing here, listening to you, because I'm just finishing the wrapping of my Christmas presents. I'm now free to enjoy December. If I want to go to town for the bus, and don't get parking then I can come home with no stress I'm with Louise 100% happy Christmas yay first of May Christmas day is that your Charged number that said, is that, did that message come in from your phone number let me, let me check you let me I check wouldn't your be as bad as maybe like, I think if I went shopping in June everybody would probably either get uh, paddling pools or sunglasses for a Christmas present but you wouldn't it be great you'd have them for the next summer so you would indeed I think that'd be fantastic altogether fair play to her I could never get the wrapping sorted early there you go somebody is with you all the way they absolutely for get change. it done early <laughs> well not at change on at all. <laughs> anyway, there is fair. I, I have to say, it's the one thing in your life, Louise, it's that consistent. you're prepared for. <laughs> no, you're prepared for. She prepares for Christmas early. Well done to you. Thanks I love that. And so then, yeah, but then you see, when it comes to Christmas Eve or whatever, I can never find things. <laughs> I can never find things. Did I can you, find them like two weeks later. Seriously, did you ever lose something that you're meant to give to somebody? Did you? Yes. Did you? Yes. Oh no! Two weeks later, I'd find them <laughs> in the garage under the bed. Yeah. Oh, and, and how did you? How did you fare out? Did you just get something out of the blue and improvise, or was there nothing? Oh no, there'd be always something. There'd be always something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right, it'd be just okay. like a certain thing. You'd be going, where, where? <laughs> what are you like? What are you like at all? I don't know, but there you go. I'm getting like that myself lately, to be honest with you. I put things aside and don't know where they are. Going Coming to up. bed or into the shed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our competition today on Late Lunch for the MyMead card with a hundred euro on it. The question was, which of these GAA clubs are based in Mead? Is it A, St. Alton's, B, the Geraldines, or C, the Downs? It is, of course, St. Alton's at the County Mead Club. And well done to Marion Kelly from Sentinelstown. You win the 100 euro MyMead My card on late lunch today check it out 300 outlets across Mead and you can spend online to mymead.ie that's M-I mymead.ie all the information is there and it's all about keeping it local this Christmas time hey Louise you must be uh, one of them mammies on the sideline that goes a little do lally when the games are on are you? no why? So, somebody on there when I was talking to Rod Smith about his refereeing and him telling that's a tough job and the uh, sideline antics, especially of the coaches now, he says. Now, are you sure it's reference to that? You know, was he talking about, you know, there might be such a brilliant person out there and then somebody said, well, they've never met Louise? Well, it could be either. Yeah. I'll give you that. I, I actually now, on mature <laughs> reflection... Because you know me on the sidelines, Yes, Jerry. on mature reflection, I'll give you that. Okay. It could be that I'm either, one or. shouting. I'm just jumping offside. to the... At a hurling game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're a fright altogether. (laughs) You really are. Well, well, you know one thing, that was a travesty of a goal at the World Cup. We were watching it here. The goalkeeper. He was terrible, wasn't he? It's just an open goal, wasn't it? Oh, he passed it to the Moroccan player, the keeper, and he just lobbed him and put it in the net. And uh, that's why Morocco won it off. That's an interesting group now with Belgium in it there. No goals in the other game at the moment. Anyway. 10 past 3, late lunch, Thursday afternoon. Time for this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Frank Sinatra, it is all this week. And the 60s proved to be Sinatra's heydays as he scored hit after hit with singles and albums on the US charts and around the world. An example being the classic My Way. Listen to this, that stayed on the UK charts for an unprecedented 122 weeks between April 69 and September 71. But did you know this? Sinatra absolutely detested the song. Yes, he did. Because he believed everyone regarded it as a boastful song and that it was all about him, which he maintained was never the case. He retired from recording and performing in November 1970, citing boredom, singing the same old songs over and over again to the same old people. 
However, his sabbatical would be short-lived when in 1973 he released the album Old Blue Eyes is Back, which got him going again. He toured extensively, performed again regularly in Vegas, was a regular on TV in the USA and UK, as the 70s saw yet another revival in his fortunes. The early 80s were great years too, until an unofficial biography about him by Kitty Kelly called His Way blew the lid on his life, becoming one of the most explosive celebrity biographies ever written, leaving Sinatra unimpressed to say the least. Yes, Kitty Kelly certainly got under Mr Sinatra's skin for all the wrong reasons. I've got you under my skin I've got you deep in the heart of me Under my skin Yes, I've got you under my skin Frank Sinatra and Under My Skin, his song today on Late Lunch, my artist of the week. More about him to conclude the week tomorrow in song and words. Mayo GAA made a request to Croke Park to include rainbow-coloured numbers on their jerseys for the forthcoming National League in the new year. But they've been shot down by Croke Park and I'm joined on Late Lunch by well-known media referee David Goff. Hello, David. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. How are you feeling about this? Um, it was extremely disappointing news to wake up to yesterday morning. I wasn't aware that any application had been made, and I'm sure I would have been very excited to have known that an application was being made by what I would call allies within the GA, not L- L- people who belong to the LGBT uh, community. And it was just so disappointing to hear that news yesterday morning. And it's uh, an abhorrent reaction um, from the GA, and it's repugnant kind of to the general feeling towards the LGBT community that exists within this country. Now the GA have said they're committed to supporting the LGBTQ plus community and that in the past, uh, as you know, rainbow laces have been worn uh, by Mayo themselves and Tipperary and armbands as well. Yes, I was in the middle of that All-Ireland semi-final in... in, in uh um, late uh, November, December, I think it was, uh, during COVID, um, when uh, Tipperary and, and Mayo wore the rainbow laces. And what's commonly not known um, is that um, when Sky Sports initiated this with Stonewall UK with their darts and their soccer and their rugby, that it was the first time ever that um, there was a GA inter-county match in the stadium in November and December. And they asked me to wear a race, and I refused and um, because I felt that it was um, the onus should be on the players mm. uh, to wear them, and they said that they would try and get the players to wear them, and they did, and it was a fantastic initiative, and it was the only time it happened because it doesn't coincide with uh, the Rainbow Laces campaign that's run by Sky Sports throughout uh, November, December. Now, you before in the run-up to the same-sex marriage referendum wanted to wear a wristband in Croker. I remember back in was it 2015, and again you were refused on that occasion. Do you believe things have improved within the association since then in terms of supporting you? Well, uh, first thing I would say was I made it political. I, I, I said that I was wearing the wristband to call for a yes vote in the marriage equality referendum. So therefore, by that and, and by that act, I made my attempt to wear the wristband political. And I can understand why they would say that they didn't want any um, undue influence politically within the association. And I, I, I do understand that. But I don't feel that this attempt by Mayo GA is any way political whatsoever. And it would not be the first time ever in the country that we've had logos or, 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 or other brands on GA gear. And I'd just like to debunk that myth, Jerry, because um, in, in, in June 2013, Dublin wore um, uh, special jerseys for Mind Our Men with Pieta House on mm. them. Cork wore um, uh, Mercy Hospital Foundation jerseys for testicular cancer in the same year. Carlo wore suicide awareness jerseys. And even uh, Derry wore um, Joe Brawley's Opt for Life 
uh, on their jerseys in the championship. Um, and it's not the first time that we've had Pride um, uh, jerseys uh, within the GAA. Currently, University of Limerick uh, have a Pride flag on their jersey. And GAA President Larry McCarthy was there in September last year to launch that jersey. And I want to quote what he said, Jerry, when he said, I'm delighted to see the mantra of the GAA, where we all belong, is manifested in the ethos and specifically the redesign of the jersey of the ULGA club. So they were quite happy to peddle out um, uh, their allowance to put a pride flag on the UL jersey, which is still there today. But it's also on Nguyen Erica, the LGBT club within Dublin GA. They also have a pride flag on their jersey, and there has been no issue with that. And I don't see why... They are saying there's an issue with this now. It's not a brand. It is a community within Ireland and it's showing support for that community. So that uh, flies in the face of uh, a quote in the press today that they say playing gear is sacrosanct. From what you tell us there, well, obviously it has happened in the past. You're obviously... And it co- has, Jerry. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I was lucky enough to go to St. Pat's in Nav and I studied Latin and I know sacrosanct means most sacred or holy. Now, I don't think that hallowed by sacred rights should come into any version of GA jerseys that are produced by O'Neill's, Macita, McKeever's. And what I think they're trying to say is that, you know, they regard their jerseys as too important to be, to be you know, interfered with. Mm. But I think sacrosanct is definitely the wrong language to be using in relation to jerseys of an amateur organisation. You're obviously annoyed and I, I can hear it in your voice. You know, when you speak out like this, and you have been one in the past, you're never behind the door and I hand it to you. Do you worry that, you know, you'll annoy people within the the association that's, I think people would, would, would openly see I've lost all Ireland finals for the last number of years because of my stance against the GA in relation to LGBT issues and that's not a, a, you know, a popular thing to say but it has happened but I'm wondering at what stage are people going to stand up for, for what they believe in where is that moral courage that we are impressed upon when we're referees to make the right decision no matter how difficult it is to go ahead and follow through on your gut feeling and make the right decision and we have sponsors like AIR AIB Super Value, Lord Gosh, Centra, supporting the GA's national uh, um, um, competitions. And AIB and Board Gosh are huge supporters of Dublin Pride. Super Value have rolled out for the last three years a diversity and inclusion campaign for the GA, which I have been an ambassador of. And I'm wondering at what point are people going to stand up to the GA? Because when it comes down to history, the GA is going to fall on the wrong side of this debate. And I would encourage Mayo GA and the players to go ahead and do this and see what happens. Because I've looked at the rules. It would be remiss of me, Jerry, not to look at the rules of the association in relation to this. And they say that sponsor brands, distinctive marks and logos if not uh, um, sanctioned by the GA, can result in disqualification from the competition, loss of expenses for individuals, and not less than 24 weeks of expulsion from the association. Now, Jerry, you can walk onto the pitch tomorrow and strike me as a referee, and you won't be expelled from the association. By God, if you wear a rainbow flag, you might be. And I think that's a sad indictment of where we are on LGBT issues within the GA. David, I have to leave it there today. I just want to say one more thing to you. Are you saying definitely that you believe you you have been overlooked for games because of your stance in a word. Yes. David, I want to leave it there for today. I have to thank you for, so much for joining me on the show. Always appreciate it. Thanks, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's a prominent GAA referee, David Goff, there with some strong words indeed and opinions. We have to leave it uh, for this afternoon on Late Lunch. Paul McKenna's coming next with The Drive on Friday's Late Lunch. Pat Short, Ellen Ryan, Nikki Kyle, David Sheehan, Comedy and your TV theme. Have a nice evening. See you tomorrow. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 4237. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 